We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 RBC Heritage. Final picks, DraftKings ownership, and of course, the viewer chat. You're watching this after the fact. Here's a note. You can't ask a live question if you're not watching the show while it's live. I understand that's very difficult for some people to figure out, but give your head a shake. Maybe that will help you understand. Either way, if you're here live, we can't wait to take your good questions, your bad questions, will likely get you banned for life. But in order to ask any of the questions, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, only way you can do so. Smash like to the episode and sub to the Mayo Media Newsletter because that's where all my final plays are going to be that'll be posted around 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday evening. And I don't have a full card as of yet. I'm going to talk it through with Tambo here in a second, but... What else do I got going on? Oh, USFL is starting this week. I'm going to do a show on Thursday with Cody Main from Establish the Run and my guy, Justin Freeman, who drove to Alabama to figure out the depth charts for the USFL. If you go to runthesims.com right now, you can get the USFL package. There's 100K to first place for this opening weekend. And using the tools, using the simulations is the best way to take advantage of that because people are just going to be arbitrarily picking players. At least with runthesims.com, you're going to have an optimizer. You're going to have projections on every single player. And Justin's on the ground scouting all this out. So hopefully we can turn that into a big profit. It's 99 bucks for the entire season if you go to run the sims.com slash mayo right now you'll get 10% off so you might as well save some money like I said 100k to first place for USFL when legitimately 85% of the people entering don't know a single player in the league sounds pretty good to me so use the tools to your advantage at runthesims.com be and don't be scared to check out the new baseball show every single day on Mayo Media Network Big John hitting winners every single day brought to you by Jock Market so if you go to Jock Market right now and use code MMN they will give you a deposit match up 
to $100. Take advantage of that and check out the show. Comes out around 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday on Mayo Media Network. Tambo is in studio. How'd your masters go? Not great. Yeah, uh, I can tell either. you that. We uh, we did the show with Raza early, like you said, and we, we went through it. And Scheffler, we said the same thing. If he's going to be up there at 11K, it's going to be Tiger Woods-esque. Sure enough, the stat comes out after. It's like him and Tiger, the only people six times, five of them being Tiger, with four wins in a season, including a major and a WGC. So hats off to Scotty Scheffler. Good for him. Got the green jacket. Goes back there for life. Fun tournament overall for the most part. Downfall is once you get past hole 12, pretty much, down the stretch, you know it's over. Yeah, unfortunately, the wind couldn't pick up for us or anything. Maybe Rory sneaks in, yeah. although that really wouldn't have done me any good. I needed Morikawa to make the Rory run. <laughs> or I mean, although Will Z and Morikawa ended up being good plays. Like, I cashed my lineups, but uh, yeah, I didn't have Scheffler. So what do you, it, it excludes you from the big prize. Yeah, in, interesting note, the $100 Millie Maker, I know it's outside some, some people's bankroll, but the $100 Millie Maker and the Mega, 44-44, obviously that one being a smaller field, higher buy-in, uh, neither had Scheffler. It was just a pro- product of how you built out your lineup, and he was not in those winners. Even in the $15 Millie Maker, the guy that won the 100 would have come second in that, so you still would have needed him, but I'm just saying there was ways to get around it and get out there, but you needed all the rest to go right, and it ended up being like Connor's and Fitzpatrick as two value plays that a lot of people were fading. Chalk hits at the Masters, remember. Yeah, I was looking at the $5 because I was I that's the one that I put in like 50 entries into. And I think it was whoever had like Schwartzel on their team. Yeah. It's funny because we talked about Schwartzel. <laughs> you did. I know. You were like, he's the guy I, down there. And not, I was like, hey. not that I used him, but yeah. like it was between like Mac Hughes, and, Mac Hughes and Schwartzel. And it was just Mylene like, just play the guy who's played well at this course in the past. Not the guy who's never played well here. <laughs> I should have listened to that. Cameron Champ actually ended up doing well for me. That was the big differentiator in my, obviously, non-Scheffler lineups, but so many Morikawa and Zalatoris like stacks together. Yeah. Having Champ at the bottom of those really did help out. He's back again now, I think, right? He's he's another top 10. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Top 12 yeah. to get in plus it, ties. So. Hey, that, that was his third Masters. He's getting better every year. It's a win next year for Cameron <laughs> Champ. Easy stuff. Oh, gosh. See if we can find a winner this week because it's been a while for me. I only got three bets in so far. So tonight in the newsletter, I'll have the full card out, given up on first round leaders until I can revamp my system because it's just not working. And I refuse to continue to spend a ton of money, losing money on first round leaders every week. I'm going to try to identify the guys that I like privately and try to work out a new system to see if that works out better for me. Do you ever do anything like that? Like if you're you're trying out something new, it's like, obviously I don't want to put it out into the world and I don't actually, because I'm not going to be putting real money on it. And therefore I wouldn't want to put out any play that I didn't actually have real money on. That's just not something I do. So actually that's not true. Uh, The top 10 bet that I put in the Golf Digest article every week, because I don't bet top 10s, I, I don't bet on that. Which I should be because I'm actually doing well at those. <laughs> it's probably the not one hitting winners. Hitting, like yeah. it, it, it's ridiculous. I, I do close to that, except I actually do put the money on it and then just see what happens. Like if I run the 150, sometimes I'll run like 25 at the start of the week based on a theory that I'm having or a strategy that I'm trying to utilize. Like for this tournament, when we get into strategy, there's a lot that goes into it. You think back to like Valero, where Rory, Bryce, and all those dudes at the top busted. Here you could have a similar situation. Everyone's talking about how strong the field is. It's a limited field, only 132. Got to use the guys in the 6Ks to make it all work, but that's. That's not necessarily true. You could have three 9K guys come through this week, even leaving money on the table and still get there. And then as far as first round leader goes, I'm sort of with you. What I am switching to, I'm actually going to start playing a little bit more round one showdown just because that's seemingly my lineups come out hot after day one. And then if they fall apart a little bit on day two, I at least have something to lean back on. Just play the same lineups. Yeah. Just, just import them over to showdown and be on your way. They almost always fit, to be honest. So if you have like your main lineup that you're going to use in your one five fifty five or your one $200 
hours, single entry, or whatever it is you're playing weekly on DraftKings, it normally fits going into the round one showdown. So just plug it in there and see how it does on day one, at least get paid out that way. So the three bets that I have in right now, I use the enhance win over at Bet365 and got myself a nice juicy 36 to 1 on Daniel Berger. So that number's been going up all week, which I found frankly surprising. <laughs> I thought a lot of people would be betting Berger, but it seems like all the money is on Lowry coming into this week. So Berger at 36, and I hit the openers, and I put this out on Twitter if you were fortunate enough to see that and you wanted to tail, which you probably don't at this point. Kisner and Nob both at 66 to 1. Both those numbers have cratered throughout yeah. the entire week. So what I'm trying to figure out with the rest of what I want to do, uh, Morikawa is now the favorite in this tournament at most places. He's not at DraftKings Sportsbook because Thomas is still nine. Morikawa is still 12. You can get an enhancement up to 14 or 15 on Morikawa if you want. He is the one that I have the most interest in of all of the top guys. But man, I'm seeing a 24 to one on Dustin Johnson. I wrote him up as a, like my fade of the week in terms of the betting market. I mean, he's had enough chances at this course over the years to win against weaker fields than this and just hasn't come through. He should have yeah. won the, he got outrun by CT Pan one year. I just, he's an RBC sponsored player. He's only here out of obligation to that. I just don't think he cares. It's interesting. That's, I talked with Baroff on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates about this because why does he, he still plays four days though. So what, like, well, he's there. I may as well try. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was the Sunday 77. They was bouncing it off every brick thing that you could find in front of the greens, hitting it into the water, over the greens, everything. It was a tough Sunday. But like, if he's going to play, usually DJ is the type. We've seen it where there's water on the right. He looks at the leaderboard. He's about to miss the cut. Let's just find, everyone's like, there's no way he can mess it up on a par five. Into the water he goes. I think it's because whether or not he makes the cut, I think he has to stay the entire time yeah. to, to fulfill his RBC <laughs> obligation. So it's either do horrible corporate stuff on Saturday and Sunday or just go play 18. Yeah. It, it could be that situation. I don't, know. I don't we, know. We talked last week. What about the mental headspace factor? Maybe he just wants to get away from the house and be at the course for the weekend instead. Well, I mean, people were very upset about that with me. Oh, gosh. Come on. I told you it was third-hand information that I was getting. And listen, Rory was not bad but he wasn't great until sunday and then dj started out hot and just went the other way the entire week so i mean you can pick and choose whatever you want to believe but like i said that was third hand information that was passed through to me although the ander curse hit dj pretty hard yeah after when we were doing the cut sweat show on friday uh, he tried to curse he was he was rooting against scheffler all friday night until Scheffler got like a six-stroke lead or something. He's like, oh, well, Scheffler can't lose now. It's like, well, which one do you want? Yeah. Do you want it to be the curse or do you want it to be the reverse curse? But it hit DJ pretty hard. He, he kept saying that DJ was going to win. He tried to call it. He called it when it was like seven strokes up. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. That's why I said. I got to get my guy Pat in here to be the judge. Is this just trying to reverse jinx it or what? Because he's up seven. It likely is over. Yes. And he had worked against him the entire time to get him to that point. So you yeah. can't, like I said, you can't do it twice. It will eventually cancel itself out. So the guys that I'm looking at right now, Lowry does have the most interest to me. But the best number I can find on him now is 22 to 1. I don't know if I love that for Shane Lowry, although he hits almost every single metric that you're looking at. And when I look at that board, you know, you have Dustin and Lowry at the same number. And it's like, it's hard. Ooh. although I mean, Lowry's my one and done for this week in terms of the show. Jeff took Fitzpatrick. I believe, and Cantlay went to Andercust, if that's what people are looking at. But I'm more interested in this, like, second level down here. So you have, I mean, you can get Webb up to 40 or 45, depending on what it's going to be. If I look at the enhancement, I think you can get Webb up to 50, potentially, as well. I saw that floating earlier in the week. I didn't hit it, so I may have lost that number. Yeah, 45 is the best number on him. Hatton at 50. Horschel at 55. Where's Kokrak? Kokrak at 60. Why don't I just take three of those guys? What's Henley at? 
Henley's enhancement is 33. Yeah, see, it's, I don't like that. Yeah, like, Kokrak wins, and he plays well at these style of tournaments. He's in that woodland mold of, although you think of him as a bomber, he tends to do his best golf these shorter courses. Yeah, I agree. That's what I said. When you see those numbers, it just turns you off right away. You're looking for something, like you said, if you get like a 50 or something on Kokrak, I'd much rather that. What's uh, Fitzpatrick down to now? Fitzpatrick, you can get 21 to 1. Yeah, see. You can get up to the same number as Cantlay at 21 yeah. to 1. I personally don't love that. I know some people have it as their strategy. What I always have a little bit of a tough time with is everyone that's betting these guys. Like last week, people had five 20 to one guys on their card. Yeah, I, I, I can't do you that. You can't, it makes, you're putting a hundred, we talked about it, like trying to hit, you're hitting two and a half to one. If you hit it, good job. I'm just saying that's not what we're looking to do when we're making those bets. So maybe it comes off as a bit more aggressive, but realistically, I'm just not trying to cancel all them out with one uh, bet. Oh yeah. With C- five bets. Siwoo, C- C- 60 to one. That's on the curve. Yeah. Let's, let's not worry about that. And uh, Munoz withdrew. Yes. Just early. Yep. Answer withdrew. And I think the only bomb that I was really looking at was Cam Davis. I don't like that one either. What's he, what's he at? Uh, Cam Davis is, let's see, where are you at, Cam Davis? 225 to 1. Th- that I'll play with the top five each way. Yeah, I, I wasted it on Svensson at 250. It's probably just as bad, but I, at the I end like of the Svensson day. I like this week. At least Cam Davis has won on tour before. That's true. And he does. he's another one that plays these shorter courses really well for whatever reason. I'm not entirely sure why considering he just absolutely mashes it off the tee. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I, where I struggle with him. I, I actually like Munoz, and it was right before we get on the show that he withdrew, and I was kind of thinking about at least playing him on DraftKings for bets. I, I wasn't sure what his exact number was. I was about to look it up, but uh, no need to now. So Berger, Na, Kisner, Siwoo. Those four guys are going to make the card. And then do you have favorites of that middle tier? Like if I'm going from 40 to, let's say, 80. Like I see Harmon at 90 now. I kind of like Harmon this week. Don't know if I can get there in the betting market, but like Horschel and Webb, 45 and 55, Kokrak at 60. Yeah, like, Horschel and Kokrak would be probably be the most interesting. Just guys that actually, like, again, the thing about Horschel is, you know, we'll talk about it later too. I don't think people are going to play him as much. I don't think people are talking about him as much because he just always ends up, and sometimes DraftKings leaks over into the betting market and vice versa. Usually it's the opposite, but at 8,700 this week, people are turned away. And when you think about just what type of course he sets up on, everyone likes Kisner because of the match play and all that. Well, Horschel's done the same thing there, and now you're getting a decent number on it. Obviously, like you said, Kisner was a good number, but it dropped and you already have him. So I got no problem with Horschel. I probably actually like Horschel better than Kokrak personally but uh, you know I'm fine with both at those numbers well that's the thing like if I want to bet Lowry at 22 to 1 essentially I could have both those guys plus someone else for exactly the same amount of payout right I I would do that yeah I think that's the route that I'm gonna go to it'll be fun when Morikawa or Thomas just wins by eight yeah, well, we're going to talk about that. We mentioned a little pre-show, but like if, you know, back to that Valero strategy, when everyone saw that that could fail and wants to jump to all these 9K guys, if people do that this week, it could be a spot where we just see, even though it may not sound like it's going to happen, Cam Smith, Morikawa, Cantlay rise from the dead and come back after four bad weeks he's been out there now. You never know uh, what's going to happen at this course, and some of these guys could definitely show up. And Scheffler just dominating the way he is. Make some of these guys like, holy shit, I got to turn this thing back on. And a guy like Kawa, who was in the running for world number one before Scheffler took it, this could be a spot to turn it on, popular or not. Yeah, final group last year as well. Listen, it's hard to talk me off of Colin Morikawa, but now we talk about the DraftKings ownership, and it does appear like Morikawa and Lowry are probably going to be the top two guys. In in this upper range, it definitely looks like I I just think overall, those are going to be your two highest-owned players this week. Okay, see, I've got, uh, I think, Fitzpatrick, I think Hadwin, I think some of those guys could pop up as well. And, and again, because they're values and they fit in any type of build, but I, I think you nailed it for the guys at the top, and they'll be close enough. I think it's th- that sort of four-man range. Kisner could get thrown in there maybe. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see how people shake it all out. But I think people take course history a lot more serious at this course for, you know, maybe good reason. But I think that that still is going to come into play for sure. Yeah, I think we're looking at Morikawa and Lowry of maybe the top guys. I think they'll be the highest owned overall. Henley, there's that range of like three guys at the bottom of the nines that are going to be very highly owned. So Connors, Fitzpatrick in the middle of the sixes. And Berger will probably get up there as well. But Neiman, Henley, and Webb. Uh Henley the most, yeah. probably Neiman the second, and then Webb. But I think that when you start looking at the next four guys, all the way down to Norin, who seems to be... It's really crazy to me that you have Horschel, Werner, Hatton, Siwoo, Fleetwood, Kisner, Kirk, and McNeely, and Kokrak, and Norin is the one who is probably going to be the most owned out of all those guys. Yeah, people are gravitating towards him. I think Webb is a little wrong. We'll see. I think he's going to pick up steam. He's sort of a, you know, I joked about it the other day, but when Luke Donald decided to crash and burn, you know, as well as I do, this used to be the, the Luke Donald Open. He sort of passed the torch to Webb Simpson. So anybody looking at that strong course history is going to bring in Webb Simpson and it's going to bring in Matt Kuchar. But you're right. Norin seems like, and we always talk about this, who's the who's the sneaky guy that's not sneaky? Definitely seems like Norin here where people thought they were getting a guy lower owned, but I don't think so in the end. The sneaky guy is Kokrak. Kokrak yeah. might be like 4% owned this week. Yeah, he's going to be very low owned in that next range with Mav, Kevin Na, Kucher, Harmon. Harmon. Everyone can make up a new story for everybody there. And Kokrak is going overlooked. And it wasn't that bad last week. And he's a guy that obviously can win on tour. We've seen it now. I do think that, I mean, it's hard to say that someone's a better bet than they are a DraftKings play. But I think that Kokrak and Siwoo actually go into that because they win. Yep. But they just flame out when they don't have it. And that, that's really tough. Yeah, even, you know, Kevin Na is another guy like that. He actually wins way more than what his odds say. We've seen it plenty of times in the past, especially when he went on that little run there. And, you know, just different guys. Last week, by the way, we had that question. Taylor Gooch was the answer. He was a better bet. He was like 200-something to one. No one wanted to play him on DraftKings, but you could at least get him at a better bet. And he didn't come through completely, but it was better than what most thought. So the middle of the sevens are being soaked up by Hadwin, who is in the running to be the highest-owned player this week. Yeah. Hoagie and Streelman is garnering a bunch of interest here. Which, I, I like Streelman enough. He has a great course history. He has the game for this course. But I don't think that he is substantially better than... Not that I'm playing Lucas Glover, but what's the difference? Yeah, I am playing Lucas Glover, and I agree. <laughs> Glover, uh, getting get a little flop leg on Patton Kazire down there. Uh, even Thigala, I think, is just another up-and-coming talent that you can play. Davis Riley has looked good lately. I think that's the interesting part, Pat, is this lower 7K range has a lot of guys. Fratelli, another guy, could pop up here. University of Texas guy, maybe C. Scheffler wants to go out. And he's been playing decent golf lately as well. Troy Merritt, all this bottom 7K range is getting completely overlooked. So I think that's one thing to consider as well i think what we're seeing from these ownership projections that i i even told you that i'm doing two separate lineup builds this week and i've already built my first set which was no player higher than daniel berger mm -hmm. so he'd be the most expensive player at most in any of these lineups and no no one under brian Harmon. so that's 7800 i think 7,700. Yep. So a cap out of 77 at the bottom and then berger at the top at 9600 and just pepper those super balance builds yeah, I don't have I, any problem with that. I'm not alone on that, though, just based on these numbers. People might expand their range up to Morikawa and down to Hadwin, but that seems to be where they're going because I don't see anyone below Hoagie, realistically, or Streelman that is really in danger of getting to double digits. Yeah, and what did we count the other day? So there's 78 guys in the 6K range. Obviously, a lot of them aren't playable, but one thing I will note is, you know, like you said, you're not alone doing that, but I, I like the strategy. 
of doing it that way. I definitely like leaving off those five-figure guys for at least some of your builds. And look, some weeks we're doing AM, PM, PM, AM wave stacks. Instead, this week, you're just switching it up on a roster construction stack, essentially, in building one way versus building another way. And I think that's the right thing to do here because there's a, there's a chance, Pat, these guys at the top, two or three of them show up and you're able to make them work because there just is so many 6K guys that will make the cut and some will score. But there's another chance that people try and push that too hard or push that envelope a little bit too much and end up with none of these guys through the middle and it just gets extremely spread out besides the obvious had wins and certain ones that we mentioned and your builds then would fit into that mold. So there's a chance that no one above $10,000 is over 15% owned, except for if it's Morikawa, I think. Yeah. So does that now, because you talked about the 6K, the other build that I was thinking about doing, Cantlay, Cam Smith, Thomas Cantlay, something like that. I think those are going to be pretty unique lineups. Definitely more viable here than something like last week when we were discussing like Scheffler Rom, where they would have basically needed to run away as the two most expensive at a very long, very tough course where the 6K guys probably couldn't meet the needs. And that's why in the end, Scheffler wasn't even on some of those winners by himself winning. When you go down to what you just talked about here, not only could you do that, I think that's a viable strategy for building. I also think just using one of the 10Ks and then completely, look, in the 9Ks, you mentioned it, Lowry, Connors, Berger, Fitz, Neiman, Henley, uh, even, you know, and you know, I I don't think anybody else actually, but just naming those five or six guys, if you just skip them and only one of them ends up hitting, it doesn't mean you necessarily need them. What if uh, it's Fitzpatrick comes in 12th and the rest suck and you need the guy from the top? There is guys in that 8K range and high sevens that you could build it that way as well. So there's a couple ways I would go about it. Spieth, lowest owned above 9,000. Will you use him? I probably won't. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. I did have a buddy make a pretty good case for him today when he was talking to me. Like, think about it. What's the issue with Spieth? Right now, it's the putter a little bit, but and he couldn't even get it done at Augusta uh, National. But then on top of it, it's usually the driver. But here, you should just be taking the driver out of the bag, right? Find those fairways. He's a wizard around the greens. And now we're talking about, is it like a Will Zalatoris yips thing? Or is inside, because you know how this course works. The greens are already small. They are going to miss greens. Who has one of the best around the green games in the world? Jordan Spieth. If he pops it up, he's going to come to what? Three, four feet away? Can he make the three to four footers? That's where I struggle because that usually is his kryptonite versus the 30-foot bombs that we're used to seeing him make. I'm playing Spieth and I'm playing Sungjae. Okay. I was thinking about going with Cantlay because he's the other one who might press single digits Yeah, up here. But I think I'd rather have the savings, save the ownership that way. And that is my pivot off of Neiman and Fitzpatrick and Connors who... Just not playing this week. Like, that's the route that I'm going to go. I do like the Cantlay call. I think you mentioned at the top he's cursed. But at the same point, like, this is a guy that is just, to me, it's it's odd. Like, I know the last four events. I know the Masters at T39 is not going to cut it for him at that price point. But even before last year, he missed the cut here. It was three top nines. I think it was seventh, sixth, and ninth or something like that for Cantlay here. Before the last four events, it was like five top tens and a win dating back. But his latest uh, top ten was still only like a month and a half or two months ago. I think the guy is still capable. I think this course sets up a little bit better for him. So I have interest in even starting some lineups with Cantlay instead of Lowry and just doing things that way. It's just another way to get a little bit different with the 200 bucks up top. Any guys from the bottom besides Svensson that you like? Um, Brian Stewart is a guy that stands out. I've got a little bit of him. So here's what I wanted to ask you about Joel Damon. The thing about Joel Damon, this is like JJ spawn Valero territory. He's popping everywhere in the stats. I see a few people mentioning, but it doesn't seem like anybody's committing. And 
you can bet him. What, what were Joel Damon's odds when you just had him up there? Like, here's a long shot. I'm definitely going to add him because I have nobody above 45 on my card. And I was going to look at this on the way in. Damon is 180 to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take whatever I can get, you know, on that and just bet it because... Um, it's funny because it's Munoz who was really popping off for me. Yep. And now he's obviously not playing. So that's no good. I wouldn't say the stats are great for Damon. They're, they're definitely not. It's, it's like I said, it's not, it's more of who's the value guy that's popping so much and heavy into the top thirties on everything on fantasy national. For example, if you want to look at it there anywhere, really, he seems to be the guy yet. We hear a lot of people talking about Brendan Todd hits fairways. We know what this guy does. Bo Hostler, his recent results and form, he's the same price. And then you go down from there. There's a bunch of other guys that you could mention. Neesmith. I, I think he's picking up some steam, but at the same time, we know the, the course setup for him. And then just going down, a couple other guys I had were, uh, you know, at least to ask you about it. Luke Donald. Seems uh, like a, I'm taking the pass on Donald. Okay, don't want to go back to him. Not, I'm not going. I'm just not using him at all. I, I'm doing Davis, Lashley, Svensson, and Higo. I think those are gonna be like my four main guys. You love a good Garrick play. It's your boy. Listen, he's a PGA Tour winner. He is. That is true. I was gonna say the other two I was gonna mention. So Baroff and I were quite high on this guy together. So at least lined up was Bryce Garnett. He's sixty two hundred. I think he's an interesting player. Do, do you like him more than like Wes Bryan? I was just. He was the next guy I was about to say. I was gonna ask you on that one. I had him and I had Bryan and Donald Starr to talk about because. You know, they're not gonna, I don't care about ownership down here, to be honest. Like, none of these guys are picking up 12 or 15%. It's not about that. You can get a sprinkle of them and play them, but it's what they unlock. How much do you need them? And then how do you build with it? I think that's the interesting strategy. My problem is with Wes Bryan. I would play Wes Bryan. I just don't think that I need a $6,100 player in my lineup. That's where I was going with it, right? So the minute someone plugs in Wes Bryan, here's what I'll do. If I use guys like him, and I'm definitely, I'll use Garnett because I'm definitely playing Garnett. I'll play Garnett, but I won't just immediately go up and grab Morikawa or DJ. I'll start in the 9K range or with Cantlay, because like I said, I can play him over Lowry and just say, forget it, let's try this. And I'll build some lineups like that. And wherever I land, doesn't matter what the money left on the table, I'll just play it. I don't care. That's the way you, you get unique with these guys at the bottom, because anybody else playing Garnett, Wes Bryan, Luke Donald, any of those guys are immediately thinking of your original plan of jamming two dudes at the top. So I'll be fading Hadwin, Hoagie, and Streelman in that middle range. Just get away from that ownership and instead save money and go with Merritt, McCarthy, Gim, and Pan probably. I love two that you had there, McCarthy Mm -hmm. and Gim. Gim Gim to me at 6,900. I think that's a pretty elite pivot based on the fact, like I said, what did we just talk about at 6,800? I want to talk about Damon. People want to talk about Stewart, Todd, uh, Hostler, while well, Gim is right there, a hundred bucks more. Like this, just that you know, Pete Dye courses. Sawgrass stepped up twice there these last two years. Now he comes back out here, another U of T guy, watching his boy Scheffler roll out there. Walker Cup team. I, I think Gim is a really good player at sixty nine hundred this week. Ad break. Let me tell you a little bit about movement. That's M V M T. If you're gonna go searching for it. But my wife and I were shocked when we got our movement item. She got a watch that, it's like a $500 watch. Did not cost $500, but looks immaculate. I got myself a nice pair of sunglasses with the summer months coming up, even the end of spring. It starts getting sunny out. I don't like too much brightness when I'm driving, playing golf, whatever. And they are super sharp. Could not be happier with my experience at MVMT. Again, that's called movement when you say it all out and movement watches have the look and quality of a 400 to 500 dollar watch you're going to pay for at a department store but cost a fraction of the price because they were built 
online and own the process from start to finish. So the movement company is doing great work cutting up the middleman and helping you get a better price for high quality items. So I want you guys to get in on this too. Not only do they have cheaper prices, I got you a discount. So if you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, then join the MVMT and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash mayo. Again, that's mvmt.com slash mayo. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without the added security, you may as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, or your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can go use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like Fire Stick. When you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com Mayo and use promo code Mayo and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Mayo. Our next partner is a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I needed something in the morning that was filling, good for me, low in calories, and really kept my bloating, you know, because I go on camera all the time, under wraps. Then I started having bad gut health after I stopped using it, so I was like, I need to start taking my Athletic Greens again. Then, boom, all of a sudden, started feeling a whole lot better. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery and supports mental clarity and alertness. And it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Let's get to the viewer chat, then leave your good questions in the live chat. Remember to smash the like button to this episode and sub the Mayo Media Network. For God's sake, do it, all right? No bad questions or you're banned for life. You know that by now, I'm sure. For the masters, you know, there was a lot of new people coming in. So we had to make examples of them. 
keep yeah. the peoples in line. There were some unhappy people, un- unfamiliar with the bit. We'll just say that. But you were also band happy that week. I loved it personally. I don't think they did necessarily. But hey, that's the bit. That's what we do. I love well, it. Well, they can cry me a fucking river. I'll never see it because they're banned. <laughs> exactly. No big deal. All right. How do you take into consideration fading players due to such things as burnout slash fatigue with Corey Connors, heartbreak, Cam Smith, or even a winning hangover? I don't. Like, the only one that I'll really do is that if a long shot gets his first career win, I doubt I'll play him the next week. Sp- winning the week before the Masters has actually proven to be a little bit different. Connors gets in. He plays really well. Spawn played pretty well last week. Yeah. I think it's because it's such... You're probably not going out and getting wrecked knowing that the Masters is coming up on Thursday. Whereas if Tom Hoagie wins at Pebble Beach, he's just like a write-off for three weeks. <laughs> Harry Higgs gets a W here. It's going to be all over. Yeah, so yeah. I'm with you. I think that's an interesting point. It was brought up a few times this week. Some of the trends, at least here at RBC Heritage, uh, Jason Sobel went back and looked at it. It was, like, it was basically even across the board from the guys that finished top five at the RBC Heritage versus played at the Masters. The results were really skewed across the board. But the, Some good. The, the winners have been like eight of the last 10, though, played at the Masters. Yep, that's true as well. So that's the other thing to look at. And the other one, like even last year, Stewie Sink picked up his T12, <laughs> locked in, came back out here and got the W. So they can, I would look at the guys that are playing good golf on a really tough course to now come to another course that you have to find your way around and place your shots. I think that's some good, pay, good picks. How are you feeling about Lucas Glover this week? You like him? You're yeah. playing him? Yeah, I'm playing him for sure. I just think, again, it's a course that sets up better for him. We want a shorter course. We want a course where if he misses, he's fine to just pop it up, make a five-footer, and move on. I think that's Lucas Glover's game. Man, the five-footer could be a bit dicey with sometimes, Lucas Glover. Sometimes, sometimes. Do you think the tour will survive without Bubba Watson? <laughs> oh, what about uh, Kevin Na and all the rest? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting segue or, or comment to another conversation. But do you, do you have thoughts on it? I don't know. No, not really. Yeah, I don't, I don't care that much. I see a lot of debates going back and forth. Teach their own. Talk about whatever you want. It's Twitter. It's social media. It's what you're supposed to do. I just don't care. Like yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And I, 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 these yeah. guys want to play golf. They can play golf wherever they want. And I think people are so caught up. The last point I'll say is people are so caught up and like, oh, it's not going to, the PGA Tour is still going to rule. No shit. It's the PGA <laughs> Tour. Like it's going to crush and it's their decision if they want to go get paid somewhere else. That, that's up to them. I will not miss them. And maybe I'll tune in if they put on a good event or it looks decent. If there's nothing else on, then maybe I'll chime in, but I don't care otherwise. Well, I, I don't know how this works in MMA. Paul, you would know better than me. But if Bellator offered up some like ridiculous amount of money for one, like, one of the top guys in the UFC, they'd take it, wouldn't they? It happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, five years ago when these other promotions weren't important, no, maybe it didn't happen as often. All the best fighters in the UFC, now the other promotions have gotten bigger. They have money too. You don't have all 15 of the top 15 in the world in the UFC. I'm not sure why people are looking for it to be like another lead. It's not even going to be close. We know this. They know this. They're getting paid and they're going there because they're watching guys like Scotty Scheffler literally win every fucking week on tour. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be frustrating at some point. How do you feel about Charles Howell the third? 125 to one seems like a great spot. He's been playing better golf recently. Yeah. He, and I know that Roz and I did the Spence and Stenson uh, who's who. That was very confusing for both me, him, <laughs> and I guess everyone watching at the same time. Stenson's playing better golf. Snedeker's playing better golf. Howell's playing better golf. Obviously, when I talked about the corollary courses, Sony is one of them. That's like the Charles Howell Open where he continuously plays well year after year after year. He's won the RSM. That was another place that's very close to Hilton Head. That's on Sea Island. Yeah. Um, 
So I can see it. I, I really hadn't given much consideration to tell you the truth. I got a different Sea Island guy right there. I talked about Pat and Kazire, but I'll be able to play them both. And I think that's like an interesting spot even to end your lineups. I know you talked earlier about staying at like that mid-balance yeah, and but, above. But, but that was only for that specific for, set right, of For builds. those builds. I think you could play both of them. I think Hal is a good play here at 7,100. And he's one that people are going to talk about, but overlook when you got to click the button. Uh, which 2v2 would you rather play this week? Kirk and Cantley or Berger and Norin? I'd rather play... I don't like that Norin backing. Can we change Norin to Kisner? I'd rather play Berger Kisner than Cantley Kirk. What, well, uh, go ahead. I, was, I can't like Kirk, like legit people aren't owning. Right. I was just going to say, that's why I like that one. I actually don't have a problem with Kirk here. He's played, he played well, at least here, I think it was last year. And then he's been okay coming in, but I have more interest in Cantlay when people are off of him. I know it's not quite flop leg because he wasn't really owned last week at 9,500. He had some ownership, but people had the others around him that crushed him like Xander and other guys. I wanted to ask you though about Berger because there's this theory, right? And it's been talked about plenty in the past about he plays better in weaker fields. Like that's how he went out and won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am I mean, that year. He, he also went out and won at Colonial, the first event back from COVID against the best field of the year. I was year. just going to say, that's <laughs> why I want to ask because don't forget, this field is much stronger. This is like a waste management or a farmer's insurance open where again, you can have a guy like Luke List pull off and get you know the farmer's insurance open. But at the same time, uh, I wonder if that's swaying guys on Burger because he's popping in all the models. He's looking pretty good on paper, but Fitzpatrick is right there to pull a little bit away. All those other guys in the nine care just taking little bits. So if you wanted to get overweight on Burger this week, I don't think it would be that hard. I think it's easy. And we've seen his odds. I mean, he's still 18 to one at DraftKings Sports book right now, but yeah. mostly every other book saw him open at 25 or 28. Now he's 30 or 33. So he's not generating a ton of money in the outright betting market, which usually does correlate yeah. pretty well because he's still priced around those same guys. So you're telling me that people are willing to put bets on guys at the same price as Berger or higher? but they're going to use him on DraftKings against the exact same guys. That's not going to be the case. Yeah. I just like him at short courses. That's been his thing. Yeah, I agree. That's why I was going to, that's why I wanted to ask you. Cause I think that, you know, again, well, he's going to have ownership for sure. It's, can you get 30% and be well overweight? I think yes. When you're considering fading someone due to ownership, how do you take into account the price? For example, someone that is 25% at 10,000 versus someone that's 20% at 9k and down the line. I have a few, not necessarily, it, it all depends on the week. And I think that the primary thing that you need to do when you're looking at ownership and trying to fade because of ownership, are there comparable options around that person? Like if you feel good, like this week, for example, when I'm looking at it and I'm looking at that $9,000 range, and there's so many guys that are super highly owned. So Fitzpatrick, I think objectively is a really good play. But if he's going to be 20% owned and Sungjae is going to be 8% owned, I think they're basically the same guy in yeah. terms of like what their upside is. Fitz is probably a bit more consistent to pull off like a T19 finish. But if we're talking about winning top five, I think they're about even. Sanjay is another guy who plays these types of courses really well, don't forget. Short Bermuda courses, that's his thing. So in that regard, I would fade Fitz in playing Sanjay. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. But if it was like last week, I didn't play Gooch because I just felt like he wasn't the same caliber of player as all the chalkier guys around him. So I wasn't just playing him and fading the other guys. Oh, Gooch is going to be 3% owned. Let's play him. It didn't work out like that, even in the mid-sevens. Like, I don't want to fade Hadwin. I think Hadwin's a good play. But if we're talking about talent, is he 
two and a half to two times better than every single guy around him? Not a chance. Yeah, and that's why I look at it way more. At the top, pers- personally, I don't really care that much, so I don't fade yeah, just pick, for ownership pick, pick because guys. they're all good guys. It's hard to say who's going to win or not. And like you said, some people will just force it in. Oh, Jordan Spieth's going to be 3% this week. Got to play him. You can. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that's where I don't care as much at the top because I want to play the guys that I actually like. When you go down to Hadwin, there's a great example. Same one I was going to bring up. There is so many guys around him that when you basically parse it out, if he's going to be 15% and another guy's going to be five, that's like saying if they went head-to-head on round one or whatever you want to talk about for the tournament odds. You, you bet him at minus three to one. Yeah. Are, you, are you getting it? Yeah, I'm betting that every time. So that's kind of how you want to look at it. And using things like top 20 odds, top 40 odds, something like that, usually are a good way to go about it to get an idea of where they stand. I look at the eights this week too. Like why I mentioned Norin is the example. If he's really going to pull 14 to 16%, and like you'd think with the way that people are talking about Kisner's this week, myself included, that he'd be like 20% owned. That's just not the case. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, that that's where I think that's that late steam and someone like this is what happened. Everyone bet Kisner. We we just had it. So this is going to be interesting because Kepka. Remember with Kepka when everyone was betting him and the next thing you know, he he got pumped up. The same thing's happening here now where Norin is getting talked about late and people are like looking for a reason to get away from Kisner and it means it's going over to Norin. And the same thing is kind of happening with Horschel and Hatton, two guys I would have expected to be super highly owned when the pricing came out and that is just not reflective of what's happening. And I think that Hatton and Horschel, like I think there's a big line you can draw under Tyrrell Hatton. Like Varner's good, but he's overpriced. Mm-hmm. Siwoo is probably properly priced for his talent and what he's done at this course. Noren seems overpriced. Then you have Fleetwood Kisner. Like I feel like the Varner and down tier, like all the way down to Brian Harmon, like that's a tier of guys. Yeah. And Hatton, Horschel are closer to Webb, Henley, Neiman, like those guys until you get to like the next level at the top. Yet no one wants the bottom part of this like upper tier. They'd rather have the higher part of the second tier. So when it comes to someone like Norrin, again, someone I think is going to be very good this week. Objectively, I think he's a very good play. But if he's going to be 16% owned and Horschel's going to be 8% owned, Horschel's a better player. He has a better chance to win this tournament. We got him right at this price before, too. It's another thing. It's just the product of what's above. You just mentioned it. But if all those 9K guys are somewhat popular, even though it's spaced out, that's the difference. Like That's the other point to the guy's question earlier, whoever asked it about the percentage ownership. What do you do with them? Well, I don't know necessarily about guy for guy, but if the 9K and above range is all going to be 12 to 20%, and we're just ranging out even bigger, we know what the builds are going to be. And that's why I say it's not always who you play, but it's how you play. The 8K, the upper 8K range, even though Webb might get a little bit, Horschel, Hatton, Varner, Siwoo, they just can't get enough. No matter what you're hearing, think about what you're hearing even more of, and those are leaning off of those builds. Yeah, and the balance build has been the, like, I'm not the only one, you're not the only one talking right. about fading all the 10K guys, and it's leading to all the 10K guys just not being owned. That and the and the 9K builds, like we always say, people, oh, I'm going to be extra sneaky, I'm going to throw three 9K guys. Guess yeah. what they do again? Skip all the 8K guys, or they're going two 9K guys with Webb, because Webb has good history. That That's the only way. It doesn't mean Webb is going to get super popular. It just means, again, we know who they're pinpointing in the eight. He'll, Webb be, he'll, be, and pop, he'll be popular as a part of that lineup. Of that type of construction. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Is it fair to say that Shane Lowry has the best short game in the world right now? No, <laughs> I would say very distinctly. He does not. He's got two wins on the PGA tour. Isn't this his time? Well, for my one and done. Yeah, let's go. It's let's go. Time. Shane Lowry. Um, where does he have the wins? He has the wins at the WGC Bridgestone, I think, in 2016 or 2017. What's his other PGA win? Oh, yeah, the, the Open Championship. Yeah. I was thinking that we were they were talking separate from that, but, yeah, the major. No, those, those are yeah, the two. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't win as often as you think. He was supposed to win the Honda, though. 
He was supposed, then Seb took it, just grabbed it from him. Seb's here. I, I, yeah, Seb is here. I like it. I mean, maybe we should be betting Seb again. I think he's been like the most, pro- I think <laughs> Rick tweeted he? that out, that he's the most like profitable player per price point. Jock he's, marketing. He's like, yeah, on Jock Mark, yeah, that code MMN. Deposit match him up to 100 bucks. You followed follow Big John's baseball plays. He is up. He deposited, he didn't got a $20 promo at Jock Market. And that's why we have him doing the show. He got a $20 promo to start. I think he's ran it up to like 3,700 bucks now. Wow. Jeez, that's keep pretty, it rolling. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. And you can do baseball every day. You can do golf like in tournaments. It's a lot of fun. It's so. like a stock market. So it's a lot of fun for that aspect, right? You pick yeah. what you want, let their stock go up. The IPO price comes out. It's just like buying a stock, but you're doing it in sports players. Yeah. It's fun. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, hit the description. You can go do that right now and you get that deposit match. You have like a free hundred bucks if you deposit a hundred to go along with. Any chance the tour makes Na and Poulter withdraw this week? I would say no chance. No. But you can make someone withdraw. No. It's just not you happening. Bully them into it? No. Uh, would you rather have outrights on Webb, Henley, and Lowry or one or Morikawa and JT? So Webb, Henley, and Lowry at 40, 35, and 22. Those three, or Morikawa and JT, I'd probably want Morikawa and JT. Yeah, I'd take the long shots. Long I mean, shots. If, if those are your only two options, yeah. and like those are what you're dead set on, just give me the two best players in the field. Yeah, I just, I don't even, I, it sounds bad, but I just like, I can't get out of bed for that. Like if that's how I place my bets each week, I just don't care. I feel like you'd win more if you did it like You that. probably do. I, I feel like I would win more yeah, if I structured like I, it I like that. I just don't, I don't want to play a card like that. Like I saw, like I said, last week people had like five guys between 20 and 30. And it's like, sure, I get it's the Masters, and that's where the winner is likely to come from. But if you're just putting 100 bucks on all of those, you're in for 500 The best one pays out 3000 sure. But then you know they're adding 60 to get to one guys, 80 to one guys, long shots. They have it all. By the end of it, you hit a winner, and you got like three to one. Yeah. It's money. It's real money. I'm not you know frowning upon it. I'm just saying that's not how I play. And you and I talked about looking for at least that five or six X. Yeah, and... But that also goes along with the strategy that I take longer shot guys. I try not to invest as much. And if I can hit my five, six, seven times payout, and now that I'm not wasting first round leader money, then it's going to be bigger than that for me that I can afford. Like if I hit one winner, basically the way that I have it worked out is if I can hit one winner every six weeks, which I am not doing right now, Mm -hmm. then I'm even. But if I go on a run, like I feel like this stuff comes in waves. It does. Like there are weeks where I've hit three in a row, four of six, and then it pays for the year, basically. But what happens, I agree with you 100%, but the same, the argument, the counter argument people are going to make, it's, oh, Tambo's an idiot. Like three to one is a great return. It is, but you forget that you just keep betting 20 to ones every week like that. What about when JJ Spawn wins, Sepp Straka wins, all these other guys are winning too. You're you're not hitting them all the time either. It's not like every week just because they're 20 to one, that's the winner of the tournament. Shit, bet Rom all year, see what happens. Doesn't, (laughs) Doesn't work out. Herman Hoagie, or Kisner McCarthy? I like Kisner McCarthy. Yeah, I like Kisner McCarthy better. I like McCarthy quite a bit this week. I think it's 7,200. Streelman thoughts? I have none. I'm not using him. Yeah, I guess he's another guy, almost like the 7K Norn, if you will, where he's just picking up steam as the week goes on. But I liked him coming in, so I'm going to stick with him. I, I do like Streelman at 7,500. Who are your favorite 6K plays? We went over that. Rewind to 21 minutes and 17 seconds into the show, and you will have your 6K plays that we really like. Which of the upper 8K guys would you go to? Webb, Horschel, Hatton, or Varner? I think it's Horschel. Uh, yeah, mine are Webb and Horschel, especially if Webb is going to get overlooked even a little bit. And I'll build differently with Webb, like maybe put him in with a Morikawa and then balance it out after that. Any love for Pat Perez? I don't. Not really. I've heard him mentioned a few times, but not for me. Who do you like between KH Lee and Nasty Nate Lashley? I like Lashley. Number two, yeah. I like Nasty Nate with you. Who are your outrights this week, by the way? Okay, I've got uh, Kisner, Varner, Na, Hadwin, Kazire, Svensson, 
and then I put a little bit on Neesmith too, but again, 45 and up. So those two guys at 175 and 250, I'm, I'm well within. Okay. What else do we got here? Studs or duds are balanced if you had to pick one. <laughs> Probably going to actually lean a little more studs and duds just because the guys that make the cut more likely to come from the 6K range with 79 guys. And on top of it, I think more people are going balanced. If I go balanced, I like doing it with leaving 500 or 1,000 on the table. Five cuts made in six events, including a top 12 at the Masters. Am I crazy for playing Danny Willett? I don't think you could ever be crazy for playing Danny Willett. I don't think he's going to make mine this week. No. Any first round leader takes that you like? No, I did not, not now. Not now. I mean, there's guys that I'd be looking at. It would be Svensson. It would be Cam Davis. Just the, the super bombs as I like to play. But apparently, na- nasty Nate Lashley, Wes Bryan. Like, those would be the guys that I would normally take the shot on. But I'm abstaining from that until I can work out a better process because that doesn't win anymore. That, got- there was like an 18-month stretch where I was just banging these out like once every three weeks. I was considering giving up betting outrights and only betting first-round leaders, but that's flipped on me. I'm going to give advice here right now. Rewind back the show 30 seconds ago. Play all those guys Pat just mentioned <laughs> as first-round leaders because the one week he doesn't go in on them, he's going to smash. So get, get those guys into your first-round leader bets. Can you make me feel better about Bryce Garnett and Brennan Todd? Well, you like Garnett. I'm off the Todd father here. Yeah, we, Garnett popped in the stats quite a bit. Shorter courses. We, we went through it on our show, just going through a few things. But I, again, not loving this range. He was just one of the guys that popped that I don't think many will go to as they'd rather go to Wesley Bryan. So I, I like Garnett here at 6,200. The course sets up well. Is there a case where Morikawa stormed the leaderboard Sunday and rolls in with positive momentum that Lowry presents a fade given that he peaked at the Masters but tripped up big time on Sunday? I mean, Morikawa is the number one player in the field. Yeah. He should win this tournament. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And then also, like, the Lowry thing is just, it's a crazy stat. Ben Coley posted it out, but he, ha- he was basically Scheffler's numbers for the week minus approach. And the thing that he'd been good at for the previous three months was approach. So he lost everything that he'd had going for him down the stretch. And that's what caused him. The triple bogey didn't help, by the way, on the last day. But Lowry, I think, is fine. Who do you prefer, List or Fratelli? I'd go with List. Uh, I like Fratelli. I, I like uh, I like List usually, but I like Fratelli this week. Can you use your influence to get the DK to load the alternates into the field on Monday? On Monday, Munoz WD and now Schaub is in the field but can't be played. Happens almost every single week. Uh, I'd say opposite. I think he'll probably be in there. Surprisingly enough, the way DK's done it lately, they've always got him in. So I wouldn't be surprised if two hours from now you get an email to say Schwab's been added to the field at... 6,800 or something like that just to screw with us on the, of, the other range. If he gets in the field and he's like 6,400 bucks. Oh, if he's under 7K, I think he's fine. Even again, that's, you know, cutting, cutting, splitting hairs, I should say. 7,200, whatever he gets put in. I think Schwab has been playing some good golf lately. Yeah, and you'll know people like he won't have been brought up all week on any of this stuff. So, yeah. and I feel like he's coming in in pretty good form. Where's old Matias at? Schwab. He's definitely he popped a few times lately. I remember that. I just don't remember where and with exactly I think what. it was Honda he did well. He was 6th at Valero, 44th yeah. at Corrales, 7th Puerto Rico, 7th at Honda. Yeah. I mean, he has, the, like, when you go back and look at the types of players that play well at Heritage, he is one of those guys. I'm very interested. I also think, like, it's you don't need the influence. I think they've put guys in. They'll, it should, he should get in there. There's lots of time to go. The withdrawal was you know, two, an hour ago. So I think he'll get in there by the end of the day. I think you can't load in the alternates that aren't actually in the field 
on Monday because then people will play them not knowing they're not in the tournament. As stupid yeah. as that sounds, that will happen. It's and, then, part of the, and then people will lose their fucking minds. Yeah. It's part of the late withdrawal thing though, Pat, like when Hideki went out, like why wouldn't they just put the alternates in so we can take a risk on them? Just like in football or NFL, you can why play. Why would anyone ever do that? It makes no sense. I mean, I'm literally C- the worst C- strategy. Siege is, Siege is the only guy I know that it plays backup quarterbacks on showdown. I think it worked once. It's worked a few times actually, surprising. I don't know for Siege, but people have won with it a couple times, but it's just a matter of that's just willing to take on the risk. But there's that's one game it's and a very the isolated strategy. Pool. Just because you use an alternate, yeah. now you're trying to bank on a guy to WD? No. And the alternate's going to be probably the worst guy in the field? Like and that. not only that, you're banking on a late withdraw <laughs> because you, it would need to happen after for you to get your edge. I mean, to get your edge, it's just no one else is going to have this guy played. Well, yeah, but you could use the guy who's the similar, like, theoretical price point to this guy at 6300 and at least know he's going to play. It's not like that guy's going to be 20% owned. It'll be 0.1. Also, people don't know the withdrawals go in order of, like, there is a, an alternate order, and sometimes, that like, it could come out in an hour that Matthias Schwab is out because they, you know, called him, he said, I'm not in. Yeah, he's so like, I'm not here, actually. I'm and playing so in the court this guy, You played yeah. the wrong guy. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's just terrible. Uh, I love playing the tournament right after the Masters. I think it brings more casual golfers in the following week. Correct. Any edge historical information you've seen? I mean, this is my best tournament ever. Yeah, it is for you, definitely. The uh, the Kadira year where you didn't even know what you needed down to the end. and then it was I didn't. Uh, I couldn't figure out because I had I had the outright bet on Siwoo. Yeah. And I had, I was so hungover that morning. It was the day after my birthday. Yeah. And it was the early start because there was bad weather. And I woke up and I didn't really like click onto DraftKings until there was like a whole left. I was like, holy shit. Don't don't forget the final feature. You were not able to watch it. You were listening on PGA Tour radio. I was. Because it was not on. There was no coverage. I forget why now, but there was no coverage. It, it's because they moved it up and it wasn't on CBS. And for whatever reason, Golf Channel didn't have it on. Same so as I, always. Yeah. I, I had to listen to it on the app and be like, <laughs> I just remember like 17 feet for Kadira. It's in! I was like, yeah, I think that's really good for me. Because <laughs> I was the only guy with Kadira. Like there was like twenty of us that were like clumped right around the top, and I think three of us had Kadira, and everyone else had Siwoo, and I didn't have Siwoo, so I wasn't losing anything. Right. By Siwoo dropping the ten points. Yeah, you I, were good either way, but I remember you didn't know that it was like ten k better if yes. Kadira wins. Yes. You're like, wow, now I'm happy with that. I, uh, I'm happy I didn't know that because I would have put money into like whatever account and hedged on Siwoo. Right. Good. Good thing you didn't. Yeah. Do good that. thing I didn't. What? what uh, what about this week? Any Kadira? No. Ugh. Remember when he was on his run last year? Yeah, that he was, was nice. Yeah, a little bit. I thought he'd be decent for here last year. I don't think it came through, but curious why so much love for Kevin Kisner, who has two miscuts the last two years here. I've not seen any noise on Kucher, who since 2012 has never emceed. Well, I don't know where you're where you're listening that you're not hearing the Kucher love because everyone I read is on Kucher this week. Yeah. Kuzer definitely pops a lot more for me. The Kisner love is, I mean, a lot of different things add up to it, but mostly what people are talking about is sort of Austin Country Club, shorter courses just in general. Uh, they talk about him on Bermuda, little things that, little nuggets that will all lean in to why this could be a good place for him. But like you said, he hasn't actually done that well the last couple of years. But I do think that he has, what is it, three top 11 finishes the past seven starts oh, yeah. of this course. So he's been, like, this is one of his courses. Whether he plays well or not here, I don't think it's irrelevant. I was just going to say, it's, yeah. It's clearly he's more comfortable on this. This is a course where he can win. Overall, strong history, but I get where they're saying if he's going to be popular and you want to look, again, it's whatever angle you want to take it from or look at, I could see coming from that angle where you want to move off of him. But I mean, you put it in the notes uh, when you tweeted out your tidbits this week. Just look at all the courses where, Kisner courses, essentially. How has he done in those over the past year? Great. 
<laughs> and we talk about web courses. We talk about Bubba courses different day, but web courses this week is being talked about as that. 700 bucks cheaper, you can Kisner on a Kisner course. What's the difference? I mean, he can almost complete the... I, I want to get this feature on Fantasy National where... The jacket slam? It's not the jacket slam, but it... I mean, he could get the jacket slam this week if he ends up winning. But I think that there's probably five courses that really fit into this mold when we're trying to do our research. Yeah. Sony, RSM, Wyndham, Colonial, and Heritage. Those five. Mm -hmm. Kisner's wins at three of those courses. Yeah. And at Sony and Heritage, he continues to play. He has very good course history and has almost won those tournaments in the past too. I think you could also throw in Pebble, Sanderson Farm, Mayakoba, Honda, and Sawgrass if you wanted to. The problem with Honda and Sawgrass is if you're just looking back at stats... They're not going to be super relevant because well, two bad shots at one of those courses makes you look like you're the worst player on tour. Right. So I, I think that they're more noisy when trying to gather everything, like when you have a super water influence course. And this is not a super water influence course. I, I think it comes back to, too, like what we do, watch a lot of golf, where some people, you know, that's why people are watching this, to find the little tidbits that we know as we go throughout. And that's one of the things, like you just said, that most people won't notice. They'll look at the stat model. And it could just be uh, hole 17 at Sawgrass that just crushed somebody and destroyed their stats. But overall, they've got good history at these types of courses. Nah or Kokrak? I like Nah. But I, I think yeah. Kokrak is objectively the better DraftKings play just based on being a third of the ownership. Yeah, and the, the odds, like you said, sort of cratered on Nah. Maybe he's a good bet too because of that. You can get better odds on Kokrak. But I, I like Nah regardless. He's right there at the same price as Kucher. I don't know uh, how it will actually go in the end, but I think both are fine plays. Uh, Lahiri is being overlooked in the low 7,000s. Yeah, a bit, I guess. I mean, what's overlooked mean? Like, is he a good play? Maybe? Yeah. I think he's fine, actually. The the ball striking stats set up well. He's there. But, like, again, you've got Kazire, uh, Riley, uh, Howell, Glover. We talked about all these guys. You can't play everybody, so you got to sort of take your stands and pick who you want to go with there. He's probably fine. I just, I'm not a big Lahiri guy. Everyone is automatically saying cross off Cam Smith. Even you, Pat, when you say Morikawa, JT by seven. Cam Smith, arguably the, arguably the best short game player on tour besides Lowry. Lowry is not the fucking best short game player on tour. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you. Yes. That doesn't seem like a question. Well, he ends it with thoughts on that question mark. So it's a good save on that guy's part. Uh, Cam Smith, much better short game yeah. than Shane Lowry. And listen, he's priced up to that point. I Maybe I just don't perceive Cam Smith in that way, but he doesn't feel like a runaway guy for me. Because JT and Morikawa, and we've seen it. I mean, listen, Cam outpaced Rom at TOC and played the best tournament maybe I've ever seen anyone play. Yeah. He was making from everywhere. But if you can just get like three strokes game putting from either Thomas or Morikawa with what they do well consistently, it just feels like they win by a ton. It was like uh, Feinberg, like Victor by a field goal. Yeah. Bet. Like, you know, that's going to hit eventually because when it clicks, he's so good. Cam's already playing at his peak and he, like he's not blowing people out. That, that's what Morikawa and JT can do here for sure. Like you said, the argument for Cam Smith is if we go back to last week, Rom Scheffler, Scheffler we knew was way lower owned. He's literally one of the best in the, on the planet and has proven it again by winning the Masters. Now you've got Cam in that situation here where he'll be probably, what, 10 to 12%. The others will be 15% or more, maybe can't lay range, but he does have the game that can transcend here. And I think at ninth last year, not many people are going to Cam Smith. Are you worried about Nah WD due to the Saudi news and he's always a WD chance? Do you think the other news of the other Saudi? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. I don't think well, so. Either. And also too, like he's almost, he fits the same Kisner mold. This is where Nah can go out and get one of yeah, his but, Yeah, but he might be going to play for the Saudi tour. No. He's, if, he was, <laughs> if it was that big of a deal, he'd already be out. 
Right, but then, like, it's a plan in place that he's joining. It sounds like he's joining that is not, it's not rolling out tomorrow. They're not coming down and having the event the same time as the RBC Heritage. He doesn't have to quit right now. It's, yeah. you know, he's not, he's going to try and win this tournament. Back to that Cam Smith point, I would say that the win equity of Morikawa, JT, and Cam Smith are all, like, tightly knit. Pretty close. Like, they're all almost yeah. the same. I'm just saying if one of them has a complete blowout and storms the field, I think it's just more likely to be Morikawa or Thomas over Cam Smith. No, the other thing too is I know the ownership will show some because it is JT, but for the highest priced player, he's not getting talked about nearly enough. Like not even my whole thread, the tip, like he, nothing really came up on JT this week in all the stuff that I go through. So that's kind of interesting as well at the top because we just had last week the top priced player go out and win the tournament. Could we see it again if JT shows up? And again, too, what's his issue? Spraying it off the tee. What can he do here? Club down, move it around, get a W. I think there's definitely a possibility. He wants to get another win. He's not just going to, I don't think he's just going to show up to show up. It's been a while since JT won. It has. And if we're talking about comp courses, here's a guy who has won at TPC Sawgrass. He has won the Sony Open. He's won the Honda Classic short Bermuda courses. Yeah. I'm playing JT on DraftKings. Like, that's not going to be a problem. I'll probably make some JT. I might even add Cam Smith into it, too. I think Dustin and Cantley. I mean, they're the two lowest owned guys, but they'll probably be my fades above 10,000. When I go into those, like, stretchier builds and I start including those $6,000 guys that we talked about, like, Thomas is most definitely in that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be hard to get that overweight on him either, just based on like what it is and how it sets up. People even going to the top are going to go with Morikawa and balance yeah, just, or balance to, to, save that, to save that minute save amount that of money. Little and, bit of money. And listen, use Wes Bryan then. <laughs> yeah, not even like what? What's the difference between Morikawa and uh, what are they? Nine hundred bucks. So you're looking at like um, you know who do we talk about? Kokrak or Howell or Glover or any of those guys that we like, give or take. Like you can find it somewhere in that range. People just assume you got to completely drop down. But at the same point, who's the $6,900 guy we talk like we like Gim? Use Wes Bryan and move up from there. there. There's other options that you can do it with. Yeah, if I put Svensson into this lineup, now we're looking at Thomas Berger, Horschel, Svensson. I mean, let's even get rid of Horschel. Let's say we got Kisner. Thomas Berger, Kisner, Svensson. $7,400 left for two players. Go anywhere you want. So you can go down and then up again. You could use yep. Nah. You could use Kokrak and drop down to Cam Davis or something like that if that's the route that you wanted to go down. Yeah. One thing I'll say there is just, you know, that I've landed on a lot of lineups like that this week where people are landing with like 7,500-ish. And I think they're just looking like, okay, 73, 78. That's where you got to get a little bit different. We did it last week at the Masters, right? We actually talked a little bit about this on Wednesday when it was... And I didn't do it. I ended up using Cam Young, Enlist, and Cam Young, you knew where I was going. That's the exact range that everybody talked about. And if you just went a little bit further down, I know you would have... Or a little bit further up and used Reed, Bubba, who weren't good plays, but they were significantly better than those guys. Yeah, I mean, you had Hoagie, Werner. If you go further down, the Schwartzel, but there was just ways you could get there without having to go to the common range. And very clearly, the one thing we know this week, the common range is that sort of mid to upper 7K. JT posted. Good comp, course history, two top 10s here. I can I can see it. Yeah, I was thinking about betting him the other day at 200, but then I saw Svensson at 250 and just went with it. But uh, two top 10s previous year to last. It's a Notre Dame marching song playing in the background. <laughs> Svensson or Redmond? Svensson for me. Svensson for me. Matthew Neesmith, sneaky or such a poor putter? Am I overthinking this? 6,600. I don't think you can go wrong. I'm playing him. I'm not playing him. I have no clue why Mackenzie Hughes is 160 to 1. Hadwin and Connors, 25 and 55. Well, just because you're from the same country doesn't mean you all get the same odds. <laughs> all Canadians. This guy. <laughs> okay, so why not give me the best putter out of the three and the guy that's maybe a top three putter on tour on a short course? This is the same guy who keeps saying Lowry is the best short game in the world. 
Okay, first of all, you don't even need, like the, the putter, and people are just gonna miss greens. There's not any long super, like what Mackenzie Hughes does is drop 60 footers on you at a, at a place like 17 at Sawgrass. We, we don't need that here. I think he's fine. He's a, no, he's a fine player. But to say he's yeah. the best, like we need the best putter, I don't think that's the case. No, you need the guy making the most 15 footers this week. That's it. Am I wrong for, maybe I'll go look that up right now. Who do you, if in your mind, who do you imagine? Because this number's always a bit weird. Because I think Scheffler was number one. Uh, five to 15 feet putting strokes gained over, let's say just this season. Who do you think is the leader in that? Denny McCarthy. Of players in this field, I suppose. Okay, Denny is in this field. Yeah. Let's look it up right now. Cameron Smith. Actually, now it's overall strokes gained. So 10 to 15 feet. Sung Kang, Doc Redman, Dylan Fratelli, like Brennan him. Todd, Horschel, Norin, Stallings, Sam Ryder, Chesson Hadley, Nick Watney. Then you have Kisner, Morikawa, Sungjae. I really like Fratelli. That just adds to it. You just, you'd love Fratelli every week. I think he's a good play. 7400 nice price, decent history, playing well lately. I think there's more to it, so I do like Fratelli here at that price. Am I wrong for liking Kuchar? Yeah. No. No. Herman core play this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm using a ton of Herman. Not a core play for me, but he's in the pool. Like he's, he's one of the guys that, again, everyone can talk about that range, but when you've got Kucher, Nah, McNeely, Streelman, Hadwin, how can he be the most owned? It's just not possible to me. So here's something that's interesting, I think. Since based on how much stronger the field seems to be and how many great golfers are in the field between 9 and 7K, will leaving $1,000 on the table be viable or going close to 50K viable? I think that if you were in the range of leaving a thousand dollars on the table just use one of the 10k guys i think and just make your team different that way and then you just have a really good player maybe i think the opposite i think it was if you go back to valero i'm not saying it's going to repeat itself but if you had just left your bryson lineups or rory lineups with one of those 9k guys connor's or uh, Kirk, whoever it was that and week. And leave a 1000 on the table. That feels like a pretty isolated example. I feel like you could yeah. maximize your money a whole lot better. That's why I made those yeah. those build lineups with nothing less than Harmon, nothing more than Berger. But it's it, not like I left a 1000 bucks on the table. It happens a lot more than you think, though. And when you look at it, like it's basically DJ and Berger is $900. DJ and Berger, almost the same odds to win the tournament. There's Who knows if DJ is even going to show up, like you said, beyond his normal top 30, when Berger might fight to win the thing. We talked earlier how he could win the thing. Sure, but if you're leaving the $1,000 on on the table and you're using i don't know lucas glover at 7100 dollars. you could just turn him into kevin kisner which i think is a substantially better play yeah and it's all dependent on range that you're doing it i'm saying i think for me i do it because of the top most people do it because of the bottom that that's how i would frame it up dj to burger to me is the same thing all right people are having conversations on their own in the chat so i think i'm just going to end this because that's not what the chat is here for what are they talking about i don't know they're talking about joel damon and an illness um <laughs> so Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Banned for life. You guys can fuck off in my chat. He did say Pat Mayo for Prime Minister 2024, though. You know that I'm not running. I'd have to take a pay cut in order to be Prime Minister. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's not a well-paying job. Uh, Tambo, is the, is the Degenerates podcast out or contest out yet? Yes, yes. it's almost full. It's almost full. Yeah, the Pat Mayo Experience one is almost full, too. Hopefully. Is there, okay, I meant to ask you this. Was there DraftKings for Zurich last year? Yes. I believe here's what happened. Here's how I remember because the year before last year, they screwed up and made like a dumb setup where your, the partners were different prices. So the obvious strategy was just was take, just the, take lower the lower price guy. guy yeah. And then everyone was like, don't forget that for this year. Like almost like it was going to be match play. But then I think they just made them as teams. And so you had, you were picking as teams now. So I will have a show next week. Yeah. Interesting. 
Probably probably don't need to do the chat. I, I won't be here. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. trying to get out of all things content next. We had a busy week last week. This week is still a lot of fun. And they made the tournament even better with the field. So, like who's in the field, the strength. So I like that. But next week is almost like a holiday week. I, I hate that week. It's so dumb. And it's Easter week too. You just take the week off. Take the week I'm off. I'm not going to take the week off. I'll be here. But how would you like to fill in for me Monday, May 9th with Feinberg? Sure. I would love to. I'll yeah. be in France. Especially because it's being... I'll be in France. So it's that or no show. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be on. What event is it? Uh, TPC Bunny Ranch. Okay. That one? Yeah. I'll the Byron be. Nelson, I think. Yeah, I like it. Is Justin Thomas, of course, fit here? Yes. I believe that he is. I mean... Club down and be, hit it up there and... Yeah, like dri- it driving and putting are the two worst parts of his game. So we know the putting can get going, but if this just turns into like a wedge fest... Yeah. He's just waiting to take his anger out somewhere, too. Like, it's just a rough time. Did you notice? I forgot about this, actually. Speaking of JT, this could be another added narrative. Uh, He was the new Ricky Fowler there to congratulate Scotty on the green jacket, giving high fives. Obviously, he's got a major of his own, so he can, you know, get by a little bit. But, uh, you know, sad, sad times. Ricky couldn't be there, and JT had to fill in. Are we playing Coastal Course Narrative on Aaron Wise this week? I know that Raza is. It's just, it's the putter that hasn't been there. Yeah, what did I see on him? He actually, he's one of those guys almost uh, to the point of J.J. Spawn at Valero earlier where he's the other guy like Joel Damon that's popping for me that I just I just haven't went to him. But then you've got Patton Kazire, Howell, Glover. Maybe he's the guy to go to. Even Davis Riley is there. I like. I think Davis Riley is better than people think. I think he can show up here again. So. The, the Fantasy National Simulator likes, him, likes themselves some Davis Riley this week. One of the better values on the For board. For good reason, yeah. He's, Can- he's a good play. Cantlay has been so trash on Bermuda this week. This week he has. Well, future. Yeah, way to go. Banned for life. <laughs> it's not a question, you fucking moron. <sighs> what else? He's pissing you off? Just, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Mr. Blue brought the mood down. He did. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Mad. I can Mad. Tell. I don't like it. I thought we weeded these people out, but they're still here. Every week. Here's a good question. One and done question. Pick between Lowry, Fitz, and Connor and the one and done sitting in the top 15. I'd go Lowry. He'll be the, high, the most played player, but if you're just like trying to keep pace... Up there, Lowry's a good pick, I think. I, I like Fitz more than we talked about this week. I do like Fitz. What are your thoughts on Michael Thompson? 6500 bucks, four straight, four straight made cuts at this course, I think, not overall. Yeah, it's four straight here with an eighth and tenth in the two years before last. So he's got a good history here if you're playing off-course history. Hmm? I, haven't seen, I don't think I've seen him for a little while. Seems like a, a pretty dusty name at 6500 but uh, you could play him. Uh, awesome show. How about Mito? Seems to be in good form. Any interest? Yeah, I was, we didn't talk about him either. He's another guy that's right there. If you want to get different in that upper 7K range, instead of going with Nah, Harmon, Hadwin, Hoagie, those guys, uh, the sentiment has changed. I, I did post that in the thread today. Like someone had that on Mito. Makes perfect sense. We all wanted to play Mito forever. Like he's got he's got the talent. It's just, will he show up? But I think he's worth the play at the super low ownership from what we're used to with a guy like him. Burger's putter has been pretty bad this year. Thoughts on if he's possibly struggling without the green book. I talked about this with uh, John Ratzos before the Players' Championship, and it turned out he wasn't actually putting all that poorly. He had some, like, bad events, and then he was fine. Yeah. So. With these guys, I think, too, it's just like I said, they either show up or they don't. With Berger, uh, he's shown it that he can, and he's also shown it at times in these stronger fields where he's just a top 20 for you. But the upside is there, and, it, you know, one good day on a Sunday could be the difference, and he's in the winner's circle. Webb Simpson loves this place. You said last week that he was playing bad, and I told you that that not how he looks. He looks fine. I mean, he was, what, like T35 at the Masters? <laughs> he was you not- know what? I don't like your tone, pal. Fuck off. Man for life. <laughs> 
Thoughts on uh, Wesley Bryan this week? He's not bad. What are the non-Pete Dye comp courses to this one? Already been over that. Maybe I missed it all this week already because we do it at the beginning of the fucking show like every week. Who's Tim's one and done? Yeah, rewind to the beginning and watch the start of the fucking show where it comes in. <laughs> Rank these golfers. Norin or Mito? Norin. Norin or Todd? Norin. Norin or Stallings? Norin. Norin or Lashley? Price difference? It's all for top 20 finishes. The yeah, Norin still. Norin's fine. Jim Furyk to win. Not a question. Banned for life. And the answer is no if it was a question. Thoughts on McNeely versus Kirk, Kokrak, and not? I think he's in that same mold. I like him better than Kirk. I like him about the same as Kokrak, but you're paying more of a price for him. Yeah. Uh, but I think that he's very comparable to Na and Kokrak. Maybe in like slightly better in terms of like higher median upside, but probably less win equity. He, he worries me more than most. I know everyone loves him this week, but with uh, Kirk above and not, nah, even you brought me on a little bit to Kokrak there, I think I would be a no problem moving off him a little bit. Not just because of ownership, just because the other guys around him are just as good in my opinion. Other than Henley, who are the best cash plays? I mean, you've come to the wrong place, sir. <laughs> Take your cash game plays and fuck off. <laughs> Neiman and Redman or Hatton and Hughes? I don't like it. I don't like Hughes Ugh. or Redmond, so none. Neiman side, but I would you know Redmond's probably fine. I just there was other guys there, isn't he? What is he? Sixty three hundred this week. Mm. Yeah, we, I, I liked um, Norlander, who lit it up at Valero. I, I like Garnett. I like Garnett. Playing What's Lahiri's ownership, please? Nothing. Five percent. Yeah. What's the percentage of people that max out the $150 tournament? How much of a disadvantage are you by running 10 to 20 lineups? I think it's more than people think. The $150 tournament? No, no, it put in 150 lineups. Oh, in the main tournament? I think it's like 150 people or something, 120 usually. Yeah. Give or take. I, again, there's enough, but it's, you know, you can put in, most people aren't putting in more than five. So if you got 20, that's how I always say it. Like if you run 30 of one style in your 150, you're already crushing what most people have out there on a focused set and then put the other 120 beyond that 30, however you want, like just commit to it. Any love for Spawn? I think he could be fine. He's probably fine, but not for me. Yeah, he's, he's been on quite the tear here. Yeah, it's time to shut it down. What's JT's ownership? I'm going to guess 12%. Good guess. That's where I've been at, somewhere in there. Uh, Matias Schwab, already been over that. Neesmith, already been over that. Uh, not a question. Not sure you mentioned it, but thoughts are with Kenny Kim. Get well soon, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny, some rough health right now. I mean, yeah. He's your partner on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. We're sending our best wishes to Kenny. Hopefully he's doing better. Of course. I'll get another update today, hopefully. I think he's you know happy to tweet it out, but all of our thoughts are with Kenny for sure, and I appreciate that. Last man in, Glover or Thigala? Glover. Glover for me, too. 2v2, who you got? Cantley Kokrak or Burger Norin? Burger Norin. Yeah, I think I like Burger Norin as well. How does the jacket slam not include the Masters? It should. No, it's different. I know. It's different. <laughs> With Lowry being the best short game player in the history of golf, how come we aren't going full send on him? <laughs> Somebody's just trolling. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, if you're building three max entries, how many players do you typically target in your pool and do repeat players in other lineups? I mean, some guys, it depends on the week. I, I honestly think all the stuff is week dependent and player dependent. Sometimes I'll go like last week for the Masters, I use Will Z in every one of my three maxes. Yeah, I'll use three guys and I'll use them in most of two. That's all I'll do it. Do you guys like sync? Who? Stuart Sink. Oh, I thought they said Sink. I was like, VJ's here? No, I don't like either, but yeah, I'm not in on Sink either. Haven't heard you talk much about Siwoo or HV3. I want to build a lineup with both of them. Well, that's pretty easy. Just do that. Yeah, I actually don't it's hate problem it. Problem solved. Yeah, we talked about that range, though, and they were in it. They're not going to be as owned as the guys above or below, so I'm fine with that. Is Twin Cities a potential comp course? I don't think so. It could be. Like, there's just so much water at that course. 
feel like the water there comes more into play, though. It does. No, I, I, there's more water at that. Like, there's very little water at this course. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, even that, though, when people are looking at, like, even sawgrass, that sort of thing. Obviously, it's peat dye, so at least I care about that a little more. But Kokrak, McNeely, or Norin. That's the order I would go in. Kokrak, McNeely, Norin. I'm going to go, I'm um, definitely a Norin first, and then I would actually move to Kokrak second, and then McNeely. Do you lean course fit or course history with McNeely? What is McNeely's course history here? I think it's a good fit for him. One, one good result last year, but the, he only played it twice the year before he did make the cut, but last year was, I uh, forget what it was now, fourth last year. And I, I was talking about this the other day. I lean more course fit than I do, something different than the question, but more course fit than recent form. Because it's like, like some of the guys in the Masters last week might come T40, and Webb was an example. I know we just made fun of it, but like last week he sucked overall for what you needed for your builds last week. But here he could come through again on a course that's much better suited for him yeah. than what he did last week to me doesn't mean shit. I also don't think that he's playing nearly as close to Webb Simpson as... As, his up, as what you would expect yeah. or what his upside could be. I agree. But, and, if, and if he picks up steam because of that, that's another reason to possibly be off of him with how build, how uh, busy the range is of other guys you can go to. HV3 or C. Woo Kim. C. Mm-hmm. Woo Kim, please. Yeah. I, I like them both, actually. I was going to say I'm on the other side, but the one note on Siwoo, they said we didn't talk about him enough. You love him but always, but for good reason. Uh, the cut-making ability, and then the fact, like, he's, I think he's 11 cuts in a row now, so you know he's likely to make a cut. He's good on Pete Dye courses, and we he hasn't had a top 25 yet, but I think he's this is the spot to get him. It's a much better course. This is what we talked about. This guy says, Kuchar, 65 to 1. Any bets for you, Mayo? First of all, I don't give a shit what your bets are. Put that on your show, <laughs> and then I'll try to find it if I care, which I don't. It's like when people tag me in tweets. It's like, you know, if I cared, I'd follow you. It's true. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see what we're doing here. Uh, and bets? No. I, on the final card that I opened the show with, I didn't release any bets. I don't remember doing that. Do you? No. No, of course Forget. not. Banned for life. Fuck off. <laughs> any thoughts on Lahiri? Did that? Uh, any interest in Furic? Nah. No. I'd like to see him play well. I don't care. Either way, <laughs> it's like Jim Fury. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, is there any consideration for you, those who you play in relation to that they're paired with on Thursday or Friday? Nah. No. And we were wrong on Neiman, so. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we were, uh, you know, what was it? Oh, Louis has got the, the moxie for playing with Tiger. He hurt his back. Yeah, he did. He was great. He was grabbing it on the second hole, and that's the best part of the Masters app. You could see it happen. How many people have you banned for life in your career? Well, I mean, I used to ban people on the DraftKings channel, but those didn't come over. They got a fresh start once we moved to Mayo Media Network, which you should subscribe to. By the way, uh, here I have 1,300 people banned for life. Oh, you can see? Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's nice. Never need to hear from those idiots again. Uh, weather update. Did we look at the weather? I didn't look at the weather. We looked at it a little. It, you know, I'll, I'll go to it again here. I had it up. You bring uh, it up. Uh, how does Lonto rate out? Okay. He's back below 7,000. That's always good. That's true. Fleetwood going to be a sneaky play with low ownership? I think so. Yeah, if I Norin, I think, well, look, he just can't be everybody. So we, we think Norin's becoming the guy that everyone thought was sneaky. It's probably actually Fleetwood if you drop down 100. I, I think Fleetwood and Kisner will have the same ownership. Maybe. Um, people like Kisner, though. Uh, wind over, uh, sorry, where are we at here? Thursday? Yeah. Picks up a little bit after morning. Nothing more than 13 miles per hour. And then Friday is, right now, it looks like basically the same. So Do we get, like, weekend fury? Because that's my favorite thing. Because like, there was a big thing for years that the, lead, the leader couldn't hold on to a 54-hole lead. And the winner always came from either two shots or deeper in the tournament. I did see that. Steve Bamford was showing that stat off. But uh, I, I don't see anything crazy for the weekend. One note is for tomorrow on Thursday morning. The gusts are up over 20 until about lunchtime and then die back down on Friday. It's equal across the board. So maybe 
If you wanted to put a little PMAM, our favorite thing on this show is, is the PMAM, PM for Pat Mayo. But uh, we, we go with that one. But I, that's all I could see here. Nothing else beyond. Uh, let's see here. Are we running out of questions? Seems to be. Oh, no. Here we go. It just jumped on me. Any interest in James Hahn? Nah. Didn't know he was here. Hadwin or Knox? I would prefer Hadwin. Uh, yeah, I would as well. Swafford, a guy to go to in the 6K range? Every time I do that, he's horrible. And every time I don't, like last week, he's like, fine. I was going to say, <laughs> a, a guy tweeted or like DM me last week. I was like, you should get on Swafford. I forget what the narrative he came up with was. It was insane. Something to do with Matt Stafford <laughs> came through. I was like, all right, I'm not doing that. And then he goes out and has a decent week. It wasn't like one that would kill you, but it was a good week for Swafford last week. Uh, any thoughts on Cantlay and one and done? I mean, he's Tim's one and done pick, but I actually do think that he is the right type of guy to target at this event. I was just going to say that maybe besides the curse, I think that's actually a good call. He's, and I, I, we always have it up. I forget for this week, but uh, I think he's got to been used a little bit so far. Yeah. People must've been disappointed by Cantley. And, and now everyone picks, is off of him. And now they're off him and you can pick him up. And again, missed the cut here last year before that three straight years, top nine or better. Highest owned Hadwin, Knox, McNeely, Connors, Fitz or nah. I think it's going to be Hadwin or Connors. We haven't really talked about Connors at all, but. Do you like him? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, it's tough. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys there, right? You can just go up for a little bit more. Like to me, Connors is ninety seven hundred, and Morikawa is ten two. When optimizing a hundred lineups, what's a good number to target for your player pool in general? Thirty. There we go. How about Grio this week? We went on that on Tuesday show. <laughs> it's been bad. Yeah. Are you concerned about Connors or Lowry being gassed out? Now we're getting repeat questions, Lahiri questions. What's more important here, scrambling or putting? Well. Putting's a part of scrambling. Yeah. So I mean, I'll say scrambling because it includes the other thing that you're mentioning. I, I Yeah. What they might be asking, what I would commit to, just say, I think, around the green. It's not as, you know, it's not the crazy around the green that we had last week at Augusta National, but I just think once you pop it up there, you got to make a 10-footer, like a 5-footer. It's, you know, a lot of people can do that. Uh, do you like people who finished top 25 in the Masters last week? Sure. Like people that didn't finish top 25 in the Masters last week, too. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit, like the guys that moved over. I think they're fine. Knox, Merritt, or Straka? I like Merritt. Yeah, Merritt and then Knox and then Straka for me. Kuchar for one and done? I don't think you need to do that. No, I think that's too aggressive. Uh, Kisner or Fleetwood? Kisner. Kiz. Um, prize picks, hole prop 14. Any word on how long it's playing on Thursday? I can assure you I do not have any insight into that it's from rick gaiman's email and it is an option to go hard at because if it's playing i think it's under 170 and it currently shows it's going to play like 150 you would want to bet the over on the the greens hit okay that's where the numbers lie which golfers to make the cut below 7.5k all right you can just fuck off <laughs> there's like a hundred guys down there there's literally i think a hundred <laughs> Uh, what about a lineup with watney and wesley get two ken 10ks and 9k in a mid-range i mean no. I don't hate that sort of lineup. It's not that those lineups bad. really never win. Though, those are it's bad. I can tell you from past history, it could get there. But what happens is, first off, you got to get the two six k guys at the very stone minimum esque price, perfectly correct, and then you need to have the guys above. And so, isn't that the name of the game every week? Yes, but there's different strategies to get there without going that aggressively. You just don't need it. Ninety nine guys, seventy four hundred and below. Last question <laughs> about Danny Willett. Flash in the pan is he a good value play? He's come up a lot. I, listen, I, I always root for Danny Willett. He will not be making any of my lineups this week. You, you think he's a good course fit? Like I just said earlier, it's recent form versus course fit. People saw him last week on TV, popped again at a place that he literally has a green jacket at, mm -hmm. and now he's in the conversation again? Or do you think this course sets up well for him? That's I, th how I think it would technically set up well for him. It's just he's so all over the map with what yeah. he does well. 
Like he putted the lights out last week. Don't forget that. It wasn't like he had the premier ball striking performance of his career. He just dominated on the greens. I'll play Doug Gim over him. Same price. Me too. I'll probably bet Doug Gim too. So final bets in the newsletter later tonight. Sub to that in the comment section and description right now. Free to join. What do you got going on later this week? You're on Thursday showdown, Run Pure Sports on the Mayo Media Network? Yes, sir. We've got the two shows. Thursday night, I'll be the featured host. Friday night, we'll have my boy JSU on there with Big T. Somebody else as well usually is on there, but myself, Hoop and Snyder, for round th- uh, round two on Thursday night. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. Rate and review the podcast if you're listening to the podcast version. And no live chat next week, because who the fuck cares about the Zurich? Not us, and probably not you, but we will do a betting show for it. So you can tune into that. Thank you all for watching. Sub to the channel and smash the like on the way out. I'll see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.